This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, September 12, 2008. I'm Caleb Brown. Shai Calvo was at home in Berwyn Heights, Maryland after taking his dogs for a walk. He took in a FedEx package and his home was soon raided by a SWAT team that broke in his front door, placed his family on the floor and shot and killed his two Labradors. The package addressed to Calvo's wife was marijuana and it was part of a drug scheme in which the Calvos were not involved. We might not have heard much about this story were it not for the fact that Shai Calvo is the mayor of Berwyn Heights, Maryland. We spoke following a Cato policy forum on no-knock raids yesterday. I wish you were here visiting the Cato Institute and speaking under you know, happier circumstances, but can you, can you walk us through exactly what happened? It was, at least it began as a fairly regular night. I had a community meeting. I came home from my day job. To walk my dogs before, you know, I had a 7.30 meeting of, you know, neighboring municipalities that I was hosting. You know, I got home, I got inside, went upstairs, changed. When I got downstairs, some change into shorts so I can walk my dogs, my mother-in-law told me that a box had been delivered to our front doorstep. And I didn't think anything of it. I figured Trinity had ordered something from the garden, for the garden, which she does periodically. So I grabbed my dogs, grabbed their leashes, and we went on a nice walk around the block. Uh, I saw some black SUVs, but I really didn't think much of it. I actually just waved to them. Got back to the house, um, saw the box on the front doorstep, picked it up, came around actually to the side door, um, you know, hung the leashes up, put the box unopened on a table in the living room, went upstairs to change, uh, get back into business attire. And, you know, basically I'd gotten down to my boxer shorts uh, when, when I heard my mother-in-law scream. She, uh, I didn't, don't remember the exact words, but the word SWAT was in the title, and it just it made no sense. So I ran over to the window and saw three or four men dressed all black uh, coming across the part of the yard that they would have had to jump the fence. There's no gate where I could see them. And then I heard the explosion, uh, gunfire, uh, some yelling, more gunfire. Uh, and and uh, eventually they they I you know they opened the door and I started yelling for them to bring me down. They brought me down at at one point. They had me walk hands above my head uh, back to them down the stairs where they grabbed me, bound me, moved me across the living room where they had me kneel on the floor. I thought it was a you know I thought it was a home invasion. I mean they they had sheriff written across their chest, but. You know, there was nothing to identify themselves. They did not identify themselves. I could see my mother-in-law uh, laying face down, bound um, with a gun to her head in the kitchen. My older dog, Peyton, was in the other side of the living room, laying in a pool of his own blood. Um, it, you know, from there, it, it, it just, you know, a lot of question, a lot of conversation. It went on for four hours. Uh, they didn't find anything. There was nothing to find, obviously. Um, and four hours later or so, they they left with you know left us with an unsecured door, a, a house turned upside down, and uh, two dead dogs. What has been your communication with the sheriff's department since that day? The sheriff's department well, it was a police investigation. It was a sheriff SWAT team. So um, after we had a press conference that got international coverage, the police chief High, who had, at that point had already announced his resignation for un- unrelated reasons. He did call, and he finally exonerated my family and, and me. Um, haven't had really any contact with the sheriff's department until uh, yesterday. We have filed formal complaints with the internal affairs divisions of both uh, the police and f- sheriff's departments, and uh, finally just yesterday heard from the sheriff's department, his internal investigatory team. We've actually sat for an interview with the police department's IED. What have you learned about these no-knock drug raids since 
Well, we, you know, most of what I learned is about this one, which itself was unclear because they originally said they had a no-knock warrant. Um, after, I mean, we asked for the warrant right out of the gate, and and they did not provide it. They kept saying it was coming, and seventy-one hours after they came to the door, I received a copy of the of the, of the warrant. It was not a no-knock warrant; it was a fairly standard um, warrant. But what became interesting is the Prince George's County, they police now acknowledge that they didn't have a no-knock warrant, but they actually deny the existence of no-knock warrants in the state of Maryland, which is fascinating because, you know, House Bill 577-2005 established one. Uh, but what it, what becomes clear in their denial of the existence of such a thing makes it clear that I think this is standard operating procedure for them. I think um, uh, in, in cases where there's no baseline for anything, they just treat it. Uh, the one first thing they do is call a SWAT team. Uh, and uh, uh, secondly, they, 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 you know, go get themselves a regular warrant. They treat all their warrants like no-knock warrants. I've heard the number uh, from other sources. It's been said to me that Prince George's County Police uh, deployed SWAT teams in the hundreds last year, maybe as many as 700 times last year. So, you know, they didn't do basic investigatory work, but they shopped around for a SWAT team. Theirs wasn't available. They contacted a neighboring municipality who told them no and, and eventually settled on the Sheriff's Department SWAT, te- SWAT team and they're the ones who came to the door. They're not as well trained. Uh, they don't do this as often, and I think that explains some of the mistakes. But if you're going to deploy a SWAT team, you're you're basically putting a you know loaded gun in play, and things the consequences that flow from that flow from the fact that you know before you look up a land record, which they never did, and you know, before you really survey a house or contact the municipal police department, you get a SWAT team and you you know get the guns loaded and you you know gather to to head into the house using just unbelievably excessive force. Where do you and your family go from here? You know, there's a lot of healing that needs to occur. We we are blessed in so many ways. We live in an amazing community. Uh, the community never asked us if we were drug dealers or you know drug traffickers. They, they knew. They, we were never asked the question. I can't tell you how great it is and how blessed we are to live in a community where the question isn't even asked. Um, you know, how many people, you know, get exonerated in 10 days and actually have the exoneration a louder story than the original raid, um, much less get an FBI probe of the law enforcement agencies that did this to them. So I just want to stress that we're blessed in so many ways. But what's become clear to me and my family is that our story is atypical, not atypical because it happened to us, but atypical and the fact that I think a lot of people paid attention. So uh, in the short term, we're trying to heal. You know, we, we, we rescued a new la- um, black lab uh, we named Marshall, who's a beautiful little 14-month-old dog. Um, and he's trying to return some sense of normalcy to our lives. But in reality, you know, our lives are never going to, you know, be the same again. I'm going back to being mayor and I love being mayor. I'm going back to my day job as as my wife and my mother-in-law and we're going to, you know, move forward. But, you know, I think we also recognize that there's a, you know, we have a, a, a new cause in our lives. And I certainly, you know, while I may not have signed up for this cause, I accept it. And I, I, to some degree, feel the weight of all the people who, who an event like this can can ruin their lives, whether they be people of color, whether they be people who live in um, economically depressed neighborhoods, whether they be people who may have even made a minor mistake in their lives. Um, innocent is innocent, and I was taught that the police are supposed to assume innocence. And you know, as someone who is the mayor of a small town, but one with a very professional and and you know high performing police department that believes in community policing and a very different style of policing. I'll have to say that, uh, you know, 
I'm a bit bothered by you know what seems to be standard operating procedure. My ho- my hope is that our hope is that our incident can bring a you know bring some attention to this and and help make some changes to Prince George's County specifically, so that this doesn't happen as it you know on on a regular basis and 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 you know so many future families don't have to suffer. Shai Calvo is the mayor of Berwyn Heights, Maryland. We spoke following the Cato Policy Forum. Should no-knock police raids be rare or routine? Held yesterday. You can listen to the full event at Cato.org.